Salam, guys. I'm Mohsin. Welcome to this episode of Millionaire Muslim. Here's a snippet of what's to come. I feel like there's a few low-hanging fruit yeah. that Latin Honey Shop could be doing, yeah. which I think could raise their business to the next level. Before we get into this episode, we just wanted to spend a few seconds telling you about Islamic Finance Guru, or IFG for short. Mohsin and I co-founded IFG in 2015 because we couldn't find content about personal finance and Islamic finance for Muslims like you and I. Nowadays, alhamdulillah, we reach an audience of hundreds of thousands and our goal is to keep providing great content to help you guys. So if you're looking for halal investments and Islamic mortgages or startup funding, check us out at islamicfinanceguru.com. And if you want to get in touch with us directly, you can get me on mohsin at islamicfinanceguru.com and you can get Ibrahim on ibrahim at islamicfinanceguru.com. Enjoy the episode. At IFG, we really value someone trying to run a halal business without dealing in riba. And we love it when Muslims bring something innovative to the table. And that's why we support Shropshire Hills-based Euro Quality Lamb, the largest Muslim-owned lamb abattoir in Europe. And I've actually been there and they're doing something genuinely impressive. And it has infused within it the Muslim ethos. What's special about Euro Quality is that out of the 15,000 lambs they process every week, they only select a handful of the best breeds of grass-fed lamb for their home delivery service. The meat is cut how you want it. English cuts, desi cuts, barbecue style. You just don't find this stuff at your local butchers. So order online at euroqualitylambs.co.uk forward slash shop and reference Islamic Finance Guru to get yourself a free masala marinade worth £4.50 and a YouTube recipe hijri calendar worth £5. Terms and conditions apply. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Millionaire Muslim. And I find myself here again in Ibrahim's attic. In London. Welcome, Mohsin. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Again. Make yourself at home. I have. I see I've left my hoodie over there. Yeah, you have actually, yeah. What brings you here? So we were just at the event with Muzmatch and uh, Shazad invited us over, which was great. They're launching a new version of their app and it's all really exciting times at Muzmatch. They've just raised a relatively significant amount of money, around 7 million or so, which is, you know, mashallah, great, great news for them. And it's really good to see a Muslim startup doing so well and kind of leading the way. And we've seen the impact that they've had just on the like Muslim startup community. And, yeah. you know, Shazad, the founder, is really well connected, mashallah, and he's always willing to give his time. So, you know, although we don't have a need for the app, I'm a big fan of Muzmatch. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. What are we talking about today then? So today we are continuing with our kind of theme of business agony ants. And we've identified a business called the Latin Honey Shop, which our audience may be familiar with. But if you kind of want to run through it, and then the plan basically is to just analyze it, look at what they're doing well, what they could be doing better. And, you know, let's just vibe and see what happens. Dive in, yeah. So the Latin Honey Shop is actually something quite close to my heart. Mm. I try and push the Latin Honey Shop at any opportunity I get because of two reasons. Number one, because the product is absolutely fantastic. Mm. By the way, we're not getting paid to do this. I genuinely do think the product is fantastic. Like You can actually taste the difference in the honey. And the whole point of the Latin Honey Shop is that it's it's honey sourced from... Normally active raw honey, which has like, you know, uh, lots of active ingredients. It's good for you. Yeah. Normally from one single source in Latin America. Yeah. So that's where the whole Latin yeah, honey yeah. shop names come from. Yeah. And the other reason why I really like it is because the founder is Barbara Azam, mm. who was, as you know, incarcerated in Guantanamo Bay yeah. for many years and without trial. And so as Muslims, I feel like we almost like we owe him one. Mm. Um, and even if the honey was crap, I'd probably <laughs> I'd probably just buy out of solidarity. But mm. the fact that the honey is great is... Is even better. Hmm. But having said all of that, I feel like there's a few low-hanging fruit 
yeah. that Latin Honey Shop could be doing, yeah. which I think could raise their business to the next level. Before we do that, because some of the audience might be thinking, oh, that's all well and good, but what on earth qualifies you and us to be doing this? And I think the first thing I'd say to that is that the whole point of this business agony ants thing is not about you know us two sitting here on a pedestal and critiquing businesses. It's absolutely not about that. It's about us trying as a community and as one kind of you know in solidarity with all of these businesses, trying to help us all get to the next level. Because by this point, Alhamdulillah, we've got some decent experience of online business, and we see, like Ibrahim said, just this low hanging fruit that you can easily capture uh, to take your business to the next level. So that's where we're coming from. This is, inshallah, from a sincere place. And yeah, let's see what happens. So you're scrolling through the website in front of me. What's like, you know, maybe you want to run through one really quick thing that you've seen that that could easily be done. So high level, how do we analyze a business generally? This kind of business, it's a honey shop. They're selling a product. It's not going to become, you know, Facebook. It's not going to become like a massively exponentially growing um, huge business that's going to become multi-billion pounds. There is a cap to the number of people who will buy honey and bespoke honey like this as well, Mm. which is fine. And so we need to just keep that in mind in terms of like what kind of capital we look for if we're trying to grow this that's a good point actually uh, just because i wanted to make this distinction because people that are not in like the tech or the vc or the startup world don't quite understand and we get a lot of this on our website when people are emailing us they're like oh i've got a startup idea but what they mean is i've got like a A business idea yeah it's a business idea and it's just off the ground yeah um startup in our head is like something utterly scalable usually software frankly because honey is a product yeah and it's infinitely well, inherently, it's less, it's not it's scalable. It's less scalable, yeah. So, yeah, so that's just the first thing for our audience. So, I'm just thinking about, let's do the standard analysis we do. Profit, revenue minus cost equals profit. Profit is a constituent of price times quantity and cost is a constituent of fixed costs and uh, variable costs. So in other words, if we can shift more, I increase the quantity, Mm. we can sell more. And if we can increase the price, then I think we can sell more as well. Mm. And I think what we're going to focus on, I don't think the price is the issue here. Yeah, I think it priced fairly aggressively and uh, they're selling. When you say Uh, aggressively, do you mean that they're priced? So like one of the honeys is selling at 30 quid. Yeah. Another one's at 20 quid. Another one's at 12 quid. And we, I mean, me and my missus, we buy these quite regularly. Right. Admittedly, we are like, you know, in the kind of category they want to get quick. Hipsters. Yeah, we Hipsters. would happily do that. But you know, I think the point is that they've got an audience. And, you know, looking at the reviews, they've got, for the most, it uh, looks like the best selling one, uh, they've got 441 five star reviews. Yeah for this 12 quid honey bearing so, in mind that most of your users won't exactly so that would tell me that in the few years that they've been running this was i think one of the early ones that they released you could what times that by about 10 20 I'd say to so, get yeah, yeah. to get a good number of the numbers that they've sold mm. so what if we, we times that by 20 we get about eight thousand. yeah um eight thousand times 12 is about a hundred thousand yeah, yeah. eighty thousand. about it's 96 a, right yeah, it's about 96-ish. So they've turned over 96K from one honey. And I don't know what the margins are like on this. Mm. I'd imagine that they're decent, given this in the markup. So generally speaking, in kind of small business territory, you're looking, I think, ideally between 20 to 30% right. on your gross. Right. 
so yeah, I mean, this is literally just me thinking aloud in terms of, you know, what are we trying to target? So we know that those are like, roughly those are the kind of numbers we want to shift more. They've done those over the last few years. So maybe every year they do a fraction of that. They might do, like, I don't know, 20,000 a year or something of this particular brand. Yeah. But I think the way that Latin Honey Shop scales here is by increasing the quantity. Yeah. And I think they increase the quantity through a whole bunch of ways. So when you say quantity, that's quantity of goods sold. Goods sold, yeah. Yeah produce shifted yeah and i feel like their product is great i feel like their branding is okay-ish but what i feel like uh, as in the, the packaging sorry yeah the branding i feel you know the brand latin honey shop i feel is vastly vastly undersold yeah and i think there's a real mismatch between this premium quality that they're selling and the messaging mm. and the design and the content that is put out like if you're selling a premium brand you need to have the messaging and everything lined up with that. Yeah. So an easy point to way to show that the mailing list. Every time I see an email from them, it's some kind of you know sale and it's urgent and it's going to end within like two hours. Yeah. And whenever you see that, every time I, my encounter with the Latin Honey Shop is there's a sale on. Mm. That doesn't mean that the, in my head the value is high. Yeah. It's low, mm. and also it's got you know the Mailchimp logo at the bottom. These yeah. are easy things yeah, that you can yeah, fix yeah. really yeah. easily. Yeah. It's not well designed. Yeah. You could easily pay someone to design it. Yeah. Um, if that's the main way that they actually drum up traffic yeah. through repeat customers. Yeah. On the bright side, clearly it works because they keep on doing it. Mm. So they're getting repeat customers. Well, I mean, it might just be that it's working in that typical small business type of way, isn't it? I mean, you get these, um, I mean, I'm talking very generally here. You do get small businesses that everything's working fine, so why should we change it? Yeah. But I want to row back to your thing about this is all just about shifting more quantity. Yeah, park that for a second, hold yeah. that. So Mohsin is actually the owner of two small businesses. Yeah. And he's grown up with, you know, his family in the post office trade and yeah. brothers in other trades. So he like he does know what he's talking about. Well, yeah, carry on. <laughs> so just going back to that point about more quantity. So how do you get there? So for the audience who like, it's hard to conceptualize uh, internet businesses if you don't run one or you don't have any experience of one. I think the perception is that they're easy to run. Oh, it's great. It's passive, you know, money while you sleep and, and the dream basically is far from that. It's difficult. And the way to think about online business, specifically e-commerce business, what I mean by e-commerce businesses are businesses where you're going onto the website in order to buy a product. The only sell is a product. So Latin Honey Shop is exactly that. You go on, you buy honey. It's as simple as that. Now, typically, the key considerations for an e-commerce business owner are basically two things. How many people are coming through the door? So how many people are visiting the website? And how much of that do I convert? Now, mm. conversion is the problem and is the key thing that e-commerce businesses will be constantly monitoring and constantly iterating, constantly testing. And, you know, for the audience, like I said, who, who haven't got experience of this, to the extent of like the color of the button for like your add to cart, like you should be testing all that stuff and constantly iterating because that can have a massive impact on conversion, like 100%. where it's placed and all that kind of stuff. So converts like the first bit of that equation that I mentioned was getting more people onto the website. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, like, so they will have a certain number. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing it's quite steady. Yeah. And if you think about how do people come to the Latin Honey Shop, is it because... Is it people are searching yeah. high quality honey? I don't know. I don't know what the search volumes are yeah, like for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it because they know the brand? Is it because they've got a great Facebook and they've got a bunch of followers and stuff like that? I don't think they do. And so on and so like, it's like that's one of the key questions with e-commerce. Like, how are your people getting there? Yeah. And the 
single easiest way to do it is, of course, Google Ads. Yeah. And by the way, like if you are listening to this and you're thinking, even contemplating like any internet business, Google Ads should be the first thing you do because that tells you really quickly whether you whether you're onto something or not. Mm. So ads is something that's potentially they could do i don't don't know if they actually do ads or what the search volume is like for honey but i'm not sure yeah i'm not sure either but it's an interesting thought because their markup is sufficient enough to allow them to spend some money on ads yeah because if they're selling five pound honey they can't spend two quids on ads yeah where only one of them is going to convert in like whatever 10 yeah whereas if they've got significant market where they do here then maybe they can spend a little bit on ads i don't know if i feel like they should i think that would just have to be borne out through the data wouldn't it like if they they did the research and and there were people searching high quality honey. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe like people are searching honey as like a cure for certain niche yeah. problems. I genuinely don't know. So yeah, I agree. So I think they, hopefully they've done that analysis. Yeah. They need to be ranking for certain keywords and certain search intents. So what you're saying there is organic searches. Yeah. So we're moving away now from ad spend yeah. onto organic searches and what but a bit of both actually like they could still target ads to that yeah, yeah yeah absolutely so like i think we've established that they could run like a few campaigns and test yeah ads and see how many more people do we drive to the website and you can test all this through like you know you can set up your analytics so you know how much volume is coming through paid search yeah so just to clarify for the audience google analytics is basically a bit of code that Google give you to put on your website and it just allows you to track like who your audience are, where they're coming from, what have they searched to get to you and that kind of thing. So that's the paid element. And then organic search is when people are searching for very specific things that you've written content about. So for example, with IFG as a business, a lot of people are searching for content that we've written about, yeah. whether that's is a help to buy ISA halal or like is life insurance haram or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's often the first interaction that people have with our website. So what do you think about that side of the business for these guys? Do they have a blog? They do have a blog. They do write on the blog as well. And they do share it fairly regularly. They do wholesale and export as well, which is interesting. I mean, if someone from the Latin Honey Shop listens to this, there's a couple of, I think, quite useful contacts in our network yeah. that we would easily put you in touch with, um, who we think can add significant value to you. And this is, I mean, I just say this because I'm reading through the wholesale and export side of things. So get in touch with us if you, if you are listening. And frankly, anyone who is working in this space where, you know, they're focusing on organic, raw, um, from source, mm. one source, um, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. If anyone's working in that space, then we can connect you up with a few people just because why not? Because it helps with growing the ummah. The point I suppose I wanted to make was um, that... The brand, I feel, needs to be really built out because mm. right now they're selling premium honey, yeah. right? And even the conversation we've been having, it's been very transactional. Yeah. And that's going to help them, definitely. But the thing that's going to take them to the next level yeah. is spending on brand. Mm. And you know they need to be spending, of the £100 of marketing spend that they have, which I suspect they're spending the majority of in like direct leaflets or Google ads or something that's going to uh, adverts that, that are going to directly bring a you know return. Tangible stuff. They need to spend on intangibles. I think they need, they need a person. On their Instagram, I had a quick flick through. It looked like the majority of it is focused on the product. Yeah. 
I think there needs to be a person yeah, behind it. Exactly, like a person that you can relate to who Latin Honey Shop ultimately is not about the honey. Mm. It's about the whole ethos of you know helping the local farmer. It's the ethos of focusing on quality, one source honey that's going to be really beneficial for people. Mm. It's about focusing on a global world where we're so interconnected and we can help people in different places. Yeah. There's such a story here. You know, I'm sure that Barbara and other members of the team would have gone across the you know South America, yeah. a land that I've never been to but would love to go to mm. and i'm getting a taste of that now they need to be telling that story yeah and they need to be telling that story through video audio content pictures yeah and that needs to be the message that we're getting the honey is almost like a side product mm. right if we're bought into the story if yeah. we're bought into the vision of this brand mm. uh, which i'm sure somewhere you know in the it's you know somewhere down there it's about, about us yeah uh, i'm sure they will have made the right noises uh, finest raw organic honey from the most exotic parts of Latin America, living wild, untreated, exactly. So all of this stuff, they're saying that, but I feel like it's not come across to me. Yeah, it needs to be like front and centre, doesn't it? It's just thinking about the content thing that you mentioned, presumably these guys, if they're up to you know, going out to South America and sourcing all these products, they actually have some great content first and foremost like they could be vlogging as they go to meetings there and like sourcing their products and tasting these things and going to local farms they could be active on whether that's linkedin whether it's instagram whether it's facebook video audio like they could do a podcast even about all this stuff um there's a lot that could be done and i think if you remember when we talked about a few episodes back about um halwa shops yeah. and what we said there was that it's about pretty much what you were just saying now it's about the experience and it's about the story because once you're bought into that then it's you're sold on the product at that point aren't you agreed and we've tasted the product and it's it's fantastic so i don't think that it's not the product that needs selling because once you've got it it sells itself but how do you convince a potential buyer that this is the thing that he or she needs to try and i think that's through storytelling yeah i mean to be fair that instagram is fairly interesting um they've got like 2000 followers which is all right i mean it's definitely better than our instagram <laughs> so i can't really point any fingers there but i feel like yeah just kind of cap it all off on this side of things i feel like you know increasing brand by having a really strong narrative is better than a focus on the product because product can be replicated mm. but brand can't be and people like brand they buy into brand and the individual and the story as opposed to the product so that's one thing the other thing i thought was, would be really interesting to think about is the cro side of things yeah uh, conversion rate optimization so there's a really good website a book called making websites win which i highly recommend to these guys but also just anyone who's building any website like if you are going to build a website rather than you know finger in the air does this look better than this one do you think more people will buy if we do this instead of this that is the recipe for a rubbish business or yeah. a mediocre business. Yeah. Any business that's going to succeed has to be driven by data. And you should not be having the conversation, oh, is this better than this? You should just say, let's A-B test this. That means we you know, we set up one version of it like this, one version of it like this. And that we've set up the website, talk to your designers and tech guys to set it up so that it serves one version to one customer and the next customer, it shows something different. So over a thousand visitors, you'll have shown 500 people one type and 500 people another and the A-B test can be set up so it's very clear which of the two versions, you know, the button with a different colour or the image is in a different location or a you know, different design. 
all of that will clarify to you that this design is better, this button color is better. And so then you run another A-B test with a slightly different variation and you realize that actually the winner of the previous one, this next iteration is even better. And so all the time, over six months to a year, every all the time that you do it, you're just honing and honing and honing and going from a conversion rate where you know you might have two people converting for every hundred visitors if you can just increase that by from two people to four people to six people, that is like a hundred, two, three hundred, four hundred percent increase. Huge, yeah. And it's all about iteration. So I think with this kind of business, I mean, our business, it's like Finance Guru, is a little bit different because we can't easily track the stuff that goes through us because we send it, all of our traffic. We ultimately we send it out yeah. to other people. But these guys, they have a product, they have a cart, they can clearly track when something converts. So they should be testing out. And the reason why I say this is because from the start, I think they've had a quite quite similar-ish look. I've not seen much iteration there. So they need to be A-B testing all their products. They need to be A-B testing their copy, their homepage. They need to be thinking about where is the traffic coming from and seeing, okay, so traffic from this source is converting really highly. Yeah. Traffic from this source is not converting really highly. Yeah. What does that tell me? Let's have a look at why it's converting. Let's see if we can replicate that. And that's a good way of assessing your best channel for like ads, for example. Like it could be that your Google ads, because the reason Google ads are, considered to be one of the best forms of ads is because people are searching for that thing and you're only paying google when someone clicks and they're only going to click because they've searched for your thing yeah um whereas facebook is like it's completely unsolicited potentially yeah you'd run a bunch of ads on different platforms linkedin instagram facebook google you look at the data behind it you see which one converts the best and then you just double down on that and you you know you do a bunch of these things and before you know it you've taken your business from one place to somewhere completely different just by making these sensible data-driven decisions. Yeah. And then, okay, let's just look at the homepage, things that they could potentially start iterating on. Arrive on the homepage. This is mobile-only, by the way. And I think mobile-only, like you need to be, if this website has been designed with a you know desktop in mind, that's wrong because majority of people will now be accessing things through mobile. So it needs to be mobile first in terms of design. The first thing I'm thinking is like, what are the barriers for me buying this product? And how easy is it for me to buy this product? Like, it's good that the product is right there, but it's slightly bad, I think, that... uh, And it's good also that they've got the very two first products at the top. Uh, It's got, like, Great Taste Award. So that's helpful because it suggests to me there's some kind of authority there. But I don't really know who they are. Mm. I feel like if there was something here that kind of just said, you know, something simple about, you know, their values or... I feel like that would connect more because immediately here I'm straight into the transaction Mm. which given the price point might not make more sense yeah and again look I might be completely wrong on this all you need to do is set up a homepage AB test it and iterate and see see if I'm wrong or, or right or wrong and then another thought it has the blog post after that underneath that which is fine and the kind of things they're doing are like informative type stuff which is fine but I feel like they should be telling stories about the honey itself I'm sure there's remarkable stories about the honey and the village that it came from yeah. and the stories around that. Maybe video would be really good for these guys. Yeah. In the About Us section, it was kind of hinted at where Barbara said, you know, when I was in South America, i.e. when he was in Guantanamo Bay, yeah. he you know, met a whole bunch of these guys. I'm yeah. assuming that's where he met them. Yeah. If that's the case, that is a, that's a fantastic story. story. Yeah. I appreciate he might not necessarily want yeah. to tell that story, yeah. but that's a kind of, you know, really powerful stories that would be really interesting to tell. Then the other point is the accreditations are below the blog posts. Mm. And I feel like I'm thinking... That's proof, that's social proof in a way, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. I would put that right at the top. And the reason is because I'm thinking about what are barriers for me spending my money. Barriers yeah. are, is this worth the price? Yeah. 
is this quality. It's good that they've got like hundreds of reviews and whatever. That's yeah. helpful. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm paying this money because I'm buying into a brand. Yeah. I'm buying into, you know, this markup is for a certain reason. I mean, one thing that I would potentially test is having like above the, even before you get to the products, above the fold. So when I say fold, I mean like, you know, the thing when you're on your mobile before you scroll, that's like before the fold. Yeah. I would potentially think about having all my social proof there so that before I've even seen the products, I'm bought into the fact that I'm like, you know what, show me the products because it's clear that this is brilliant. Yeah. I think that'd be quite interesting to test in terms of conversion. Yeah, interesting. I agree completely. And I mean, look at just finishing off this homepage. At the bottom, there's some kind of error. I mean, that's fine. We, you, you should just sort that out. Um, but then I just think that this is not right. So they've got like their discount section where they have like a Black Friday sale now on. And they say that, you know, spend this much and save this much. And you can get like a massive discount. I just feel that if... Cheapens a brand? It just cheapens a brand. Like if you're a discount brand, yeah. great. Do that all day long. If you're not that, it's just sending a mixed message and yeah. it's just not right. It's it's going to confuse your audience and you might be still converting customers, fine. Yeah. But you if you just have one clear message, one unified brand, I strongly believe that you will have you know, we you'll see better results if they do that. Yeah. It's like Krispy Kreme. You know Krispy Kreme um have a policy internally of they'd rather I mean, I think quite a few companies do this. I'm not condoning this, but I think it speaks to kind of what you're saying. They have an internal policy of like we'll throw our donuts away at the end of the day, but we won't give them out. Interesting. I think we should probably wrap up at some point as well. But just to throw out a few other random ideas that I had in terms of what these guys should be Latin Honey Shop. Like, I mean, if I was tasked with trying to really push Latin Honey Shop, I'd get them on a whole load of interviews to push the honey. They came on the Islam 21C podcast, which I thought was great. Obviously, yeah. it was an interview with Barber. Yeah, yeah. But there was a, a honey tasting thing, oh, okay. which I thought was really good. And they should do more of that. And like, you know, the fact that they've got this potential for honey tasting, I think that's really clever. Could be like an events-based thing as well. Exactly. They should be doing events around that. And they could be doing all sorts of, you know, collaborations with shuyukh or other honey experts. Or they could, you know, they could have a combination of shuyukh, honey expert. But this is like, honey's a mainstream product. Yeah. So it can be mainstream too. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's what being a medium to large size business looks like. Yeah. Agreed. And so on that side, I feel like there could be a whole bunch of events, uh, with in partnership with people so this is clearly within the domain of a whole bunch of different companies that are not competitors uh, so someone who's selling i don't know like whole grain chinese grass rice or something yeah i think would have the same customer base as the latin honey shop organic quinoa yeah exactly like the hipster you know raw organic you know healthy types ethical they'd love it right yeah. so they oh there are a whole bunch of partnership opportunities with those brands what about this is another random idea but like really high-end hotels because you know they give these like small you know yeah, like they do these breakfasts really and like high teas and things yeah, like that yeah. they have those small jars of honey or like jam or whatever that's really interesting yeah the benefit of these partnerships is you know to really spell it out the buckwheat grass Chinese rice person has his 10,000 or 5,000 email list and customers, warm customers. The Latin Honey Shop has a similar amount, let's say. And all they're doing is they're now kind of guesting on each other's audiences and they could do a collaborative video. They could do all sort of collaborative stuff. And it just means that they're cross-pollinating in the network. Yeah. And, you know, if they pick up a thousand people from that network and they do 10 other partnerships and they pick up a thousand from each of them, 
that is such a massive win. Yeah. And and it's a win-win situation for everyone. Mm. So it's about positioning yourself within that ecosystem within which you're operating yeah. and becoming a trusted counterparty is part of those partnerships that I think could really help as well. Any other ideas? No, I mean, like you said, I think conscious that we, we should wrap up. Um, I think that we've talked a lot about a lot of ideas. Um, it would be good actually to get some audience participation potentially on this. And what we could do is if you guys email us on uh, Mohsin at IslamicFinanceGuru.com and Ibrahim at IslamicFinanceGuru.com, send us like a bullet point or two or like however many bullet points you've got for ideas that you would have talked about if you were on this podcast for ways that the Latin Honey Shop can improve. Maybe go on their website and, and, and come up with like three bullet points, send it to us. And if we get enough responses, we could potentially collate them uh, into an email and send it over to the guys at the Latin Honey Shop along with a link to this podcast and let's see what the response is like. Separately, I talked a while back now about buying small businesses and I did get a good response from that, alhamdulillah. And I intend, inshallah, to definitely delve deeper into that because I know that you guys are keen to explore the world of buying small businesses. So I've not forgotten and inshallah, we will cover that in great detail, inshallah. But for now, we're going to leave it as it is and jazakallah for tuning in. We will see you on the next podcast, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. If you got this far, you must have enjoyed the podcast, which means you'll definitely love our other episodes and other content we produce as well, inshallah. Be sure to check out the website, islamicfinanceguru.com, as well as our YouTube channel and social media. Until next time, assalamu alaikum.